Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 253, recorded live on Saturday, April 21st, 2012. And here are your hosts, the man who didn't have any matzo ball soup today, Dave Pillay. Now I'm kind of depressed about that. Thanks, Andy. Sorry. And the man who did, Andy Lowe. Hi. It, it was, though, from Myers, and it was a box of matzo ball and soup mix. So, just to put that on there, try and lower my standards of I did not do, you know, ground up my own matzo and all that. Take the Cuisinart, pulverize the matzo, mix it with some egg. See, if I was going to do anything like that, I would do the, um... You would do the... Uh, we've got a magic bullet. That's what we use for our ah. oh, well, okay. shopping that, and pureeing. Cuisinart-esque yeah. food processor, if yes. you will. How is the magic bullet? It's good for pulverizing things like nuts. Yeah. And, um, well, we do these, uh, you do an oven-fried pork chop where I take uh, pork-flavored stovetop stuffing and I pulverize it in the magic bullet. So much easier doing it that way than trying to, you know, beat it up by hand. Right. I use it to mix eggs together. Really? Yeah. So that the yolk is not yolk anymore? Yeah. Basically scrambled eggs? Yeah. If I ever actually wanted to do scrambled eggs, I could do it in about, just do it, huh. like... What, what happened to just, like, a good old fork? It's too much work. Too much work? <laughs> As if uh, taking a fork, putting it in, and spinning it around, versus taking the eggs, putting them in the bullet, turning it on, and all the stuff you have to clean from that. Well, if you clean it right away, it's not bad. Oh, you might actually like this. I got myself a nice 12-inch cast iron skillet. Ooh, cool. Seasoned it with some Crisco. Okay. It, wait, it wasn't pre-seasoned? Um, it was, but I wanted to make sure it was seasoned. Okay. I need to re-season my, I really need to just, like, scrape everything off and just start fresh on it. Dremel would be good for that, but you don't have one. I do not have a Dremel. Why would a Dremel be good for that? Dremel plus one of their scouring pads? Or just grab some steel wool. True, or, what is it, a uh, potato and some baking soda and some salt? Mm. A raw potato? Yeah, I, I assumed a raw. <laughs> Cooked potato would not do well. <laughs> I'm squeezing it, and all it's going everywhere. <laughs> so I tried the whole uh, pan-seared steak. Yeah, from, like, episode one of Good Eats. Yeah, it came out way under. Like, yeah, I, I had you, the oven at 550. I had it... depends, it, Andy. It depends entirely on how thick the steak is. So when I do it, it's usually a, a 400 degree oven, and I I tend to do it with ribeyes, which are typically a little thinner. Uh, but you you preheat to 400 degrees. You put the cast iron skillet in the oven while it's preheating. Once it's heated, take out the skillet. Careful because it is hot. Put it on the stove. Uh, heat the skillet even more so it's something like 500 degrees. Drop the steak on it. Don't touch the steak. Wait 30 seconds. Flip the steak. Don't touch the steak. 30 seconds later, flip it again. Drop it in the oven. About two and a half minutes aside. Now, you see, I had, uh, we did flank steak. Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? Not flank steak. It was, um, like a bottom round or something like that. Okay, yeah. Because Kate doesn't like the marbled meats. That's going to take a lot longer than. Yeah. You could probably do, like, two and a half minutes aside, but you have to do, like, three or four times. I, yeah, we had to put it in there a couple of times because it even then I it took me a while to get it up to 160. Yeah. Because I finished it, I put it up a little, I let it sit there for a second. I'm like, well, let me just check this. And I put it there and I'm like, 130. Crap. Uh, <laughs> rare? 
Yep, and don't forget, it will continue to actually heat up after you take it out of the oven. Well, I know that. It's normally about five degrees difference after letting it rest. Yeah. But yeah, next time we do that, I'm going to keep it at 550, Keep the, make sure it's definitely... might even let it sit out for a little bit longer, just to make sure that it's a more even temperature-wise of the meat. I still think 550 seems a little high. <laughs> Believe me, I was trying. Yeah, I, I usually keep it around 400. Yeah, I might try five or six minutes on a side. Now, do you do you oil your steak at all or no? No, uh, usually just a little bit of seasoned salt and cracked pepper. Because, hmm. yeah, because some people said, like, put canola oil on it, and I'm like, oh. It didn't get as crisp as I thought it was going to get. Mm, yep, I, I tend to skip the oil. We use Montreal steak seasoning instead of the salt and pepper. No, no, just a little cracked pepper and some kosher salt. We actually don't have any kosher salt. We have sea what? salt. We have sea salt, but no kosher okay. salt. Okay. Same difference. I was about to get very angry with you, Andy. <laughs> you were going to come home from work someday this week, and there'd be like a package of salt. It, it, our sea salt is kind of on the coarse side, though, so we probably need to get a salt grinder. <laughs> salt grinder, jeez. What has become of me? Ah, ha, 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 ha. You Good. could use your magic bullet. <laughs> True. I do that when I'm trying to clean out... Oh, the uh, the coffee grinder you got us. Yeah. Using rice in the coffee grinder, that really? cleans it out really nice. Huh. And then you have rice meal. If you really want to do something with rice meal, I just throw it out, because it's coffee-flavored rice meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be kind of interesting, actually. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know what I would do with it. I'd have to make a lot of it. Yeah. So... What? But yeah, what has happened to me? It's normally just like, oh, I used to be fine with, you know, mac and cheese, SpaghettiOs. You grew up. Ramen. And now ramen. I'm sitting Oh, ramen. Yeah, back in the days when you played World of Warcraft. Yeah. Man, I was so out of it yep. back then. Yep. Well, <clears throat> if, if we can actually use that as a jumping point okay. uh, about World of Warcraft and how sad Andy was. Uh, Blizzard had an announcement yesterday, Friday, okay. which is rather unfortunate for us. And I, I'm tempted to write an email to their PR person because that's where I got the announcement from. Say, like, this was really cool, but of no help to us as far as being a publication because we are a weekly publication. <laughs> this is Friday morning. Press release. Blizzard is opening the Diablo 3 beta. For the weekend. Effective noon Pacific Friday until Sunday evening. <laughs> When does this get published? Monday. Monday. So by the time this is published, Blizzard will have conducted their stress test beta. <laughs> now, this is actually a, an idea that's kind of near and dear to my heart because the stress test beta is how I got into World of Warcraft. Oh. So very, very, very long ago. Seven and a half years. I got in because you and everybody else was in it, yep. and then I saw none of you. You saw me? We were in there. You were in a different guild. True. It's not my fault you didn't join my guild. <laughs> well, your guild was at a different place in the relationship than I was. We, that we had progressed further than you? Yes. Yes, but we would have caught you up, Andy. But I still wanted experience taking down Ani. Rag. And Rag. God, that first Rag fight. Stand here. Why? You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Smash! Wee! Rag is a lot harder now. Well, I bet most of them are a lot harder now because everybody's what level eighty-five. Five, yeah. 
Took well, me a just, second there. No, I, not like the the boss battles used to be for the most part stand shoot. Yeah, right? DPS. As a, hunter, <laughs> as a hunter, it was stand here and shoot, and every so often trank shot. More dots. More dots. More dots. Uh, now it is if you stand, you will die. <laughs> Like, literally, there is a boss fight. It's a dungeon boss. It's not even a raid boss. There is a dungeon boss. If you stand still, you die. Oh, jeez. Every second that you are standing still adds a stack of a debuff, and so it, it starts dealing more and more damage the more you stand still. So that's when you get somebody to write uh, an add-on that keeps you moving during that fight. Can't. No? No, they got rid of those hooks a long time ago. Oh, dude. Long time ago. I loved those for fishing and other things. Like, pre-Burning Crusade, they got rid of that. Man, that's when all the fun stuff you were able to find, because they hadn't found all the loopholes yet. Yeah. <laughs> those early days. Well, if you want to re-experience those early days, Diablo 3 Beta, the open beta this weekend, which is unfortunately too late for most of you. <laughs> yep. But, uh, but it happened. I, I've downloaded it. I've installed it. I have created a character. I have not played it yet. Gotcha. That's going to be this afternoon. You should play it with me, Andy. Oh, I got other stuff I need to do. What are you doing this afternoon? Um, the apartment's a mess. Oh, well, clean. Okay. I got laundry I need to do. That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, moving on. Let's see. What else do we got video game-wise? Awesome. We got lots Blizzard. of video games. Where to start? Where to start? How about Space Quest? Space Quest? Yes. That was a good game. I know. And the two guys who created Space Quest, Mark Crow and Scott Murphy, have developed a new studio called Two Guys from Andromeda, which Space Quest fans will get the joke. Right. And they want to create a new adventure game. Are they going to talk to Tim Schafer? (laughs) I think he's working on a similar project. By the way, didn't know this. Music from Secret of Monkey Island? Yeah. Really cool. Oh, yeah. Music from Space Quest, not memorable. (laughs) Oh, side note, it seems Al Lowe's got a Kickstarter going on right now. Okay. Who is Al Lowe? The guy who did Leisure Suit Larry. Ah. Like, is this a relative or something? (laughs) No, it's just the two guys from Andromeda says, help our family of former Sierra authors on Kickstarter. Cool. So, adventure games making a comeback. Which is good, because I liked the adventure games. I I was so-so on the adventure games. I still need to go back and play all the King's Quest games. Yep, they were just on Steam. I know. I, I want to go back package. and play all the Space Quest games. Side note, when somebody else was talking about, when this article came up there, somebody else linked to an article about somebody reminiscing about how quickly you could die in Space Quest. Oh, it's within like the first 30 seconds. You go here, you could die. Oh, you go here, you could die. The part yeah. where you go on one planet and you need to get a space suit and there's, oh. If, if you were to chart out the decision tree for Space Quest 4, oh, it, it's like every decision it's either survive and go on or die that honestly reminds me of one of the another adventure game i need to play again which is future quest that one no joke at one point had basically like a pixel hunt in there where something was only about two pixels wide and you had to find it and grab it in the beginning of the game otherwise later in the game you're like well crap yep what was it in space quest 4 there's like a zombie walking around at the beginning if he sees you he calls the guards you die there's something like that yeah there's a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's the part where you're at oh, Space Quest 3, I think, where there's a bunch of guards. You have to find the invisible belt and oh, yep. they shoot jello guns. Oh, good times. Hard, hard, hard games. Yeah. It's like, but it's just like comparing original Super Mario Brothers to the newest Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. It was a whole different mentality back then of you're going to die. Good luck. <laughs> 
It doesn't. It's not a question of if. It's just a question of when and how often. Yeah. Although I did watch a guy play through Super Mario Three, and I think by the like second stage of World Two, he had thirty-five lives. Oh, jeez. It was pretty ridiculous. You know, he was getting every secret, every little extra thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Speaking it, of Mario, though. Yes. Somebody hooked up an exercise bike to Super Mario Kart. I saw this. I wasn't entirely sure how it would work as far as steering. There are buttons on the handlebars that control the steering. Okay. So, so the fa- as he's pedaling, it's moving it forward. Yes. The faster you pedal, the faster the cart goes. And there are buttons on the handlebars that turn you left and right. Clever. Certainly very clever. It's not going to be fair for a little bit until you kind of fine-tune it. True. But if you have two of them together... It'd be Racing them? Yep. It honestly reminds me of the old... Uh, the, well, the NES had the pad... Oh the God! Super the, Nintendo the Sports Olympics. Yeah, the super, I actually own that. I have that pad. Okay. And a couple of the games that came with it. Yeah. Um, it's very hard because you, you're not supposed to wear shoes while on it. So you yeah, except wear, it's slippery as hell. I know. So trying to do that with socks on a slippery surface, especially you're some of the times where barefoot. You have to jump and then land, and there's other times where you'd have to duck, so you'd have to drop down, because it has has to recognize your hands on the pad, as well as your feet. Yep. Some of those times, you jump up, land, and you just slide. Face plant. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that there was also a Super Nintendo Life Fitness exercise bike that you hooked up to your Super Nintendo and rode around a wooded 16-bit mountains in the game Mountain Bike Rally. Wow. So, I mean, you could, you know, everyone was looking at the Wii Fit board and going, like, what the hell is Nintendo doing? I guess really they have been doing this their entire career ever yeah. since they got into video games. I don't think there was any sort of fitness item for the N64. Mm. I'm now Googling. Let's see. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Maybe not. But then I had never heard of this bike for the Super Nintendo. No, I don't care about any time fitness. Nope, nothing. Okay. In any case, moving on, since we're talking about kind of not antiquated stuff, but uh, older stuff and older tech, I think this moves on perfectly into the dead tech category we have listed here. Okay. The dead tech was uh, one of the... Gizmodo staffers looking at current technology and saying, well, uh, it's not a Gizmodo staffer, it's a guest editor in this case, but different technologies that are quickly becoming obsolete. And these are things that some of them were in our lifetime. Okay. Some of them were in our lifetime, not all of them. So starting off things like wired internet, like wired uh, connections, wired internet. Uh, no, not, not Modem, Andy. <laughs> Still I... your cable box, but the fact that it's actually hardwired into a computer. I remember trying to network the computers using serial ports. That, oh, goodness, that was interesting. Oh, the, the hardwire serial to serial? Yep. Yep, I remember those. I remember making one of those cables. <sighs> Dedicated cameras and camcorders. <sighs> making the comment that uh, smartphone cameras are becoming so good that you just won't have to have a separate camera. There's times that I really enjoy. Short of professional photographer. Yeah, well, even just our point-and-shoot camera that we have that has the 10x optical zoom Mm -hmm. with the Leica lens, That's it's nice. You you can put lenses on the cell phones. I know, but it looks ridiculous. Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) There's just a point of just being able to have your phone and your camera separate for battery usage. That's the one thing that always bugs me is that people are like, oh, I use my phone for everything. Okay, what happens if your battery runs out? Uh... Then you're kind of screwed. 
Yeah, then you get a second battery. <laughs> now, landline phones, this one I could definitely see disappearing for residential usage. Yep. Commercial usage, oh, though. Oh, yeah, businesses will still need them. Yes. Businesses will absolutely still need them. But, well, looking at that, I mean, my... You have an office phone number, right? I have an office phone number, but it's an IP phone. It's actually wired not through a phone line, but through the network. So your company will have a landline phone that would just put the numbers... I'm not sure how they have it set up, but I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be able to just be VoIP. I don't know if that's still technically a landline phone or not. That is an... Oh, I forgot what the that's, SVC classifies VoIP as, if they're a telecom or not. Yeah, I mean, that, that's more of a philosophical question anyway. Yeah, he says, by the time my son is Ted, most business will have, businesses will have done away with their desk phones. I don't know. They, those are going to be the last holdouts, are those giant yeah. companies where everybody needs an extension. Yeah. Slow booting computers. Well, well, when you have everything on a SSD drive. Right. Once things I mean, go what's solid, what's defining state, as slow boot? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember computers that took five minutes to boot. Those were slow booting. The time where it'd run through all the memory without being able to skip it. Yeah, my desktop takes about forty seconds to boot. I'm not sure how long mine would take to boot, and I don't want to try because we wouldn't be connected. We're recording. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Let's see if I hooked up a. Uh, USB drive. I've got Windows 7, so I could do the fast boot option if I just dedicated a USB drive to it. Mm -hmm. I I disagree with a lot of these because some of them are just poorly defined. Like, what is a slow boot computer? Yeah. Windows operating systems. Oh, please. No, no, not Windows. Oh, windowed. Windowed operating systems. Operating systems where you have that minimize and, you know, you can cascade the windows and... uh, you know, I tend to work windowed a lot. I love how Microsoft has already signaled its intent to kill the window metaphor by making the tile-based Metro UI the default for Windows 8. The tiles are windows! Yeah. I mean, come on, the tile's just the thumbnail of the window. Yeah. And I, it, like, for certain tasks, you need to have two windows open. Oh my gosh, video editing? Oh. Right. This guy, uh, reading through this is making me angry and angrier. <laughs> Hard drives. Okay, I can see. It's a sense of moving part hard drives? Yeah, I think all the hard drives are slowly going to switch to... Solid state. Yes, granted the price of solid state needs to drop like a stone to get anywhere in the range of... Yeah, I mean, you know, if I have a terabyte in my computer... And it's cheaper than buying a quarter of that solid state. I actually do need to get a new hard drive because I've got too many documentaries and things stored on there. I'm using, yeah. Oh, I just moved GoodEats to our other backup hard drive. So now I have 29 gigabytes free out of 700. (laughs) Out of 700. God, did you ever think that you'd you'd say those words? 29 gigabytes free. Only 29 gigabytes free. I... I just couldn't believe I completely filled up that hard drive this quickly. Yep. I wonder how big, how filled Kate's hard drive is. I don't want to know right now. That's, yeah, solid state drives are kind of cool, but the, the idea of a hard disk is always going to be there. It's just, is it magnetic or solid state? One of the right. two. Now, you could make an argument that they're all going away and that we have cloud computing. Which is just putting the hard drive in a different yeah, location. Yeah, there's still hard drives, it's just they won't be in your house. Movie theaters. No. No. <laughs> People will pay to see them. I don't care how good your home theater is. It's not the same experience. 
I want to see the next Batman film at the Henry Ford Museum IMAX screen. Yeah. That is where everybody is going. Granted, uh, I'm not even going to get into the IMAX thing right now, but that is the way theaters are going. It's... I'm sorry, but yeah, your home theater is not going to be able to keep up with the $30,000 stereo system that your local cinema has. Right. Just not going to happen. The mouse. Talk to Razor about that one. See what they think. Mm. Uh, for for precision gaming, you know, for first-person shooters, touchscreen, not helpful. No. Heck, even trying to use touchscreen for draw something? Yeah. My not stuff helpful. looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we seem to be doing okay uh, my stick figures ain't bad yeah good job on guessing limbo by the way <laughs> freaking you could just draw okay for those who don't know dave dave the word dave well, is wait, trying... wait 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 let me let me back this up before okay. andy says anything else and preface this by saying i know andy and he knows me we have bit like there's there is the ability to get, second guess the other person a lot and beyond that, sometimes I get bored and draw something, and I will take a very different interpretation of the word intentionally to add some spice and flavor to the game. Because otherwise, why not just write out the damn word? Now, Andy, go ahead. Okay, so I get a screen, which at the top, Dave is drawing some clouds and some people. I'm thinking, okay, something to do with heaven, because one of them's got a halo. Then he draws what big red thing on the bottom and a person down there black with a pitchfork. I'm okay. Hell. So we've got heaven and we've got hell. And then in the middle, there's a blank space, which all he puts is a question mark. Oh, it's not exactly what I did. But that is pretty much what you close, Well, actually, I started with like the earth, which was this curved surface between them. And then I drew the, the sky and then I drew hell and I pointed to that area. With a, just a question mark in the middle. So you have heaven, you have hell, and in the middle you have a question mark. Well, what's between heaven and hell? There are many things between heaven and hell. Technically, if you're in limbo, aren't you actually not on Earth? Aren't you in purgatory? Shh. You worked it out? Yes, after about three hours. <laughs> You know what you could have drawn? You could have drawn a stick figure bending backwards, trying Under. to scoot underneath another stick. Yep. That would have taken you... Adds, I, Andy, but I also could have just written the word limbo. Or you could have tried drawing limbo, the indie game. That's yes. where I thought you oh were going to go that with would, that. That would have been hard. <laughs> it's black. On I top have, of black. Yeah, I have one shade of black, Andy. <laughs> Come on, spend the 250 coins. Get some shades of gray. I don't have 250 coins yet. How many coins do I have? a lot of coins now. Granted, I'm just going to keep the four colors because I find it slightly more challenging. If I, you know, if I have the word green, do the classic yellow plus blue equals question mark? My answer would be white. Side note, it is your turn. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. Okay, it's my turn there. But shall I go to... Uh, oh, our... don't even start me on that. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's see. My games... Yeah, yeah, I know. Andy, Andy, five. Austin, Andy, Andy, George. <laughs> Shall we continue with this list? Because there's some other things on here sure. that I... Okay, 3D, 3D glasses. I, 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 I'd be happy if they did. Yes, yeah. me too. <laughs> um, remote controls. Um, your remote I control is three. just going to turn into an app on your phone, and then your phone's going to be a remote control. Yeah, I, I have three remote controls. Like I've said before, we have four remote controls for our TiVo in the one apartment. Yep. 
desktops. No, I'm They've sorry. They've been saying this for the last six years. I'm sorry, but the lifespan of, for me, the average desktop is years longer than the lifespan for any laptop that I've owned. Right. Like, I got this laptop, what, in 09? I was sure. working for the census so at the time because I called you about it from the census office. Okay. So I've had this since uh, 09. I'm already having issues with the USB ports. Yep. My desktop? Oh, if I have an issue with my USB ports, I could just buy some new USB ports and put them in. Easy yep. peasy. The, uh, one of Kate's friends had a problem with her computer. It, wasn't, it wouldn't turn on. So I just went and bought a whole other power supply for it. It was a Dell, so trying to buy the right one was a little ridiculous. But, but you could find it. I found you it. You put it in. I put it done. in. Yeah, it works fine. If I had an issue with the internal power supply of this laptop, You're ha! $400. If they can fix it. Yeah, the ability to swap and repair desktops, it's so much easier than laptops. Granted, I do enjoy the portability of taking my laptop other places, like recording at Dave's house. Mm -hmm. That needed a laptop. But yeah, the desktops are not going to go anywhere, especially with gaming and everything else going up and up and up. You're not going to be able to fit really, really, really heavy-duty components in a laptop without making it, you know, one of those Alienware... Oh, I mean, there is the razor blade. Uh, all right, what else we got? $3,000 laptop. Uh, phone numbers. Phone numbers. I mean, they're going to be there. It's just going to, you're not going to see them because they're going to be buried in the background. But heck, yeah. even websites basically have our phone numbers. We just don't see them because our computer knows that RA Podcast right. is one, shoot, I used to know this. So did I. Isn't it two oh s- oh crap. <laughs> I used to know what our DNS was. <laughs> Hang on. Uh all right, pod- I have it it should actually be down here in the bottom somewhere. Uh, Session environment information. Crap. Sixty four dot the eight, maybe? Nope. That's your IP address, Andy. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh. That was a fail on my part. IPLookup.net. How about that? <laughs> nope, that's my address. There we are. Look up an IP address. Uh, 208.97.133.79. That sounds better. Oh, thank you, Tracer. Let me just type it in just to make sure before I say something yeah. else. 208.97.133.79. There you go. All right, podcast. It has a phone number. We don't know what it is, but it's still there. <laughs> we don't there. remember. <laughs> Well done giving your IP address over the internet, Andy. God, I'll have to go mark that one out. Just bleep out the middle. (laughs) Edit audio. Let me write that down. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Primetime TV, in the sense that it won't have prime time because people are just storing their shows anyway. Yeah, but... The network is going to want to release the the show is going to be released at some point the first viewing so whenever that whenever the new episode of something is released that will be considered its prime time because people are still going to want to watch it as soon as possible right the at release yes the at release time that's what prime time is it's basically the at release time of modern dramas now yes people could TiVo it and watch it whenever they want to but a majority of people are going to watch it when it's live or sometime within hours of it going live. Yep. So, yeah, primetime's not going to go away. It's just going to move somewhere else. Fax machines. Okay, now this one. <laughs> this is, a. I think this is like the first one in here that I fully agree with. Yeah, if I have to fax something, something is wrong. Yep. Can I please scan it and send it to you as a PDF? 
Please, 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 please. I mean, that's what a fax machine does. Did I ever tell you about my, the app idea I had for a fax machine? No. That your your cell phone, yeah. you could take a picture with your cell oh, phone. Oh, dude. And it would send it to a fax machine. Dude. Yeah, it won't work. No, no, it won't. Because the, uh, the protocol for faxes are is a little funky. Yeah, the it's basically the audio codec for the fax machine. Is, is It needs to be so accurate. And the autocorrection that happens over cellular networks for the audio for your voice... Would so Doesn't, mess it up, yeah. Yeah, it would it would mess up the signal, so it wouldn't work very well. And optical discs, <sighs> optical discs are so cheap compared to anything else. Yep. Plus, I actually like you know owning the disc. You like the hard media. Yes. Well, but so so what if instead of a disc, Andy, it was a flash drive that had just enough space for that? It still would be cheaper to give me the disc. So okay. until the price of a USB drive will drop to the price of a of a disc of a DVD, which will it which will is, never happen. Yeah, like fractions of a penny. It it's not going to work. That well, but here's think, the thing. Think of the trouble I had. Okay. Here, so here's my my kind of counter is I have two computers. Yes. Neither of them can read CDs or DVDs. Neither one of them have an optical disk drive. Nope. Huh. How do you get stuff on them then? I download. <laughs> I take digital distribution. Well, this is what. Do you know the last piece of software I had to use a CD for? What? My tax software. <laughs> And you know what I ended up doing? Downloading. Downloading it. That's what I did. I'm guessing you probably got it from the same place I did. H&R Block. Oh, never mind. <laughs> TurboTax? Yep. You went through Mint, didn't you? Nope. Okay. I went through a little place that a you place. showed me the way to. <laughs> did you download it illegally? I did not say that. Andy! <laughs> I said I did not say that. Tax software, really? I didn't say it. I did not say it. No, you did not. <laughs> You are going to plead the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> yes. So not because you did anything wrong. You just like the idea of not having uh, to to testify. Yes. But okay. So I have currently on my computer a multi-partitioned drive. It's got my local disk. It's got a recovery and it's got HP tools. the The recovery and tools section of my hard drive is taking up uh, fifteen gigabytes. Yeah. Of hard drive space that I technically paid for. Yeah. Just because they didn't want to give me a recovery disk. Well, also because it wouldn't be a recovery disk. No, it would be multiple many recovery, recovery discs. discs. You're right. Also because even if they gave you those discs, if something catastrophic were to happen to the computer, would your drive necessarily work versus having it just on the hard drive? If I had a hard drive failure and I needed to reinstall, I'd be screwed because all the stuff would be on the hard drive. All the recovery data would be on the hard drive. E Yes, although it's a very different section of the hard drive. But still, if there was... If you, yeah, but Andy, if your hard drive crashed anyway, you would still need a new hard drive. <laughs> I know, but at least I would have the recovery disk to help you, with the you reinstallation. Can to HP. I can send to HP and then pay the shipping and handling for them to send me a disk, yep. rather than, you know, put a disk in with the freaking computer when I bought oh, it. Oh, you'd lose that disk anyway. I know, I have all my disks in two boxes. Two boxes with every CD that I owned and need. That's it. Mm -hmm. Xbox games are in a different pile. Actually, one pile is on top of those two boxes. But all of them are in those two boxes and those two boxes only. If somebody came in and stole those boxes, then I'd be screwed. But then at that point, why aren't you taking the computer? <laughs> Maybe they just need to reformat their drive. <laughs> I need to borrow this for a second. I'll be back. They suffered a catastrophic uh, failure. <laughs>
Ah, uh, well, that was fun. What else we got? Um, I don't know. What do we have? Um, this is a quick, interesting news note. Panasonic is going to be streaming a solar eclipse from the summit of Mount Fuji. Cool. By using solar power. Are <laughs> yes. We're going to show our power source as it disappears. Yes. They, I assume, have a battery backup on this? I, I don't know exactly how it is set up. I have not had a chance, especially since their website is quite loud and very media-heavy. Oh, Panasonic. Yeah, but they are going to use only solar panels for the event, and so all the electricity needed to run the base camp and the broadcast, including the cameras and computers, is going to be all solar-powered. So I th- <laughs> They'll have a battery. Yeah. They have to have a battery. Well, have solar power before the sun disappears, you know, from the sky. Yeah. Charging batteries, which is going that's to... Actually, that's a really cool idea. I'm, I'm hoping to... When is this? Do you know? May 20th, I do believe. Oh, but it's going to be at, like, some ridiculous time in the morning, isn't it? If it's a solar eclipse in Mount Fuji, yeah, I, I believe that means it's going to be in the middle of the night here. Let's see. Annular solar eclipse... It does not give a time. Oh, come on, NASA. I just want to know what time it's going to happen at. 67 seconds? That's going to be a long one. Yeah, it does not tell me what time it's going to be at. Too bad, NASA. Fail on your part. Eclipse date, 6.52 Central Daylight on Sunday, May 20th. So what time is that local time? 6.52 Oh, yeah. your time, Central. Central Daylight. Okay, sorry. I've been up since... 5 a.m., so... Okay. Duration, 5 minutes and 46 seconds. What was this 67? I must have been writing something wrong. That's probably the total. Mm. Of total... The total eclipse. Yeah, instead of from when it starts to when it ends. Got it. Location of greatest eclipse, 49 degrees north, 176 degrees east. Where the hell is 49 north, 176 east? That seems to be somewhere in Japan. 49 north, 176 East. <laughs> that is not in Japan, Andy. Where is it? <laughs> that is in the middle of the Pacific. Oh. It's just off of the uh, Bikini Atoll from uh, Alaska. Oh, never mind. South of the Bering Sea. Oh, you're right, because 176 is almost 180, so it'd be... Okay, yeah. Never yeah. Mind. It's a little bit farther <laughs> over than in what was in my head. Uh, that is not Japan. <laughs> no. um, another quick note. The music director of Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. uh, first off, posted an album of songs that were supposed to be Mass Effect 2 but got cut. Okay. But now he's put out a free remix of the music of Mass Effect 1. So if you wanted some, you know, if you want the music from Mass Effect 1, which in my head I just have that same stupid do 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 Haven't played it. No. There's a song in there that gets stuck in your head because it's played all the time. Okay. But um, if you want to listen to some cool music, there you go. Because this guy's professional. He's worked on Mass Effect 2. So cool. Give it a listen. I actually found something uh, along those lines as far as music. Oh. Um, I found this, this kind of series on Amazon of the 99 greatest blah classical pieces where you fill in blah with whatever. So there is the 99 best chill-out classical pieces, the 99 best piano classical pieces, and they're like three bucks for all 99. Oh, nice. The 99 most sensual classical pieces. Uh... Eh, why not? It's three bucks. Yeah, and they're really good pieces, too. 
So I, I thought I'd point that out and recommend people uh, hop over there. Mm. If you also want something to listen to, Gabe Newell, the Gabe, the Gabe, gave a 45 minute long interview. Really? With this podcast that just started up. I don't know how they were able to get Gabe, but they did. So Andy, what I need you to do is I need to listen to this podcast. I, it's actually on my iPod and the, the, there's a couple other ones. God, stupid Twit Network and all their podcasts that I actually want to listen to. Oh, I, I gave up listening to Twit. Well, no, I haven't actually listened to Twit, but they have one that's for broadcast engineers uh, that, this week in Radio Tech. And then there's also one about ham radios as well. They, yeah, just I, other I stopped people. listening to that when I realized that I think I'm pretty sure I know more about the topics than they do. Which is why I stopped listening to Twit and all those other ones. I, right. Which is why I started listening to things I know I know nothing about but want to know something about. Like the ham radio. Like one. the ham radio, like the radio technology stuff. Yeah, NAB was this weekend. Not much came out of it. It seems NAB? though and yeah, National Association of Broadcasters Conference. It's the big broadcasters expo. Kind of like okay. uh, the your uh, Comcast version of E3 where Comcast goes, "Hey, look at what we can do." This is what so ABC says. Panels of, "Hey, look at us screw over customers." No, it's more of like, uh, hey... Ways to increase wait time on your uh, cell phone service? Uh, this is where Red goes, hey, we got a new camera, which is uh, behind breakproof wired mesh glass. Yeah. That sort of stuff. This is, hey, this is our new $20,000 back-end digital distribution system. Okay. And nothing came out of it. No, not, not really. No, it's basically everything was, hey, we're going digital, which we've okay. been doing for years now. So, sup. So yeah, if you have like an hour, listen to this, because there's actually a lot of stuff on there. There's actually something, I wonder if I could find it, where he actually got asked, I think at the end of the interview, um, where is the sequel to Ricochet? Which Yes, I, I saw that. Which Gabe responded quite um, thoroughly, which I'm thinking everybody in that conversation wanted to replace Ricochet with Half-Life, but couldn't. Well, so here's the thing, though, Andy. I think they actually, I, I think Gabe meant Half-Life. I, I think that was the whole point. Yeah. It's one of those things where he couldn't actually say Half-Life, but meant it. Right. Which, it makes perfect sense when you read his response. He's clearly talking about Half-Life 3. Yeah. Which Since after reading- Ricochet 2, or rather Ricochet, was a, a stupid little project. So much so that uh, supposedly, I think somebody said it's actually not on their list of previous works. Yeah. It was so bad, we removed it from our history. That's bad. So yeah, 45 minutes, give it a listen if you got time. That's it's what- pretty well worth it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a law going on in the U.S., which is not passed yet, but it's in the process of getting passed, that any car built after 2015 will require basically a mandatory event data recorder, which is basically a black box for your car. Yeah, so don't buy any cars <laughs> after 2014. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Right? It would be good to know if there was an accident and no one survived what the hell happened. But uh, I see so many times that people take information and twist. Yes. Now, supposedly, the text of the legislation states that the data would remain the property of the owner of the vehicle and the government would have the power to access it in a number of circumstances, including by court order, if the owner consents to make it available. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. This is just like a bill in consideration, yes? It has already passed the Senate, and it's currently on its way through the House. So, time to start calling your congressional representative. Yes. Time for me to find out who my congressional representative is. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Be a good first step. So, speaking of laws and everything. Yeah. 
Um, Ubisoft got sued. Really? Yes. By whom? By John, I'm going to mispronounce this, Bezwinger. Okay. He's a science fiction author, is suing Ubisoft over alleged similarities between his novel Link and Assassin's Creed. Really? Yep. He's claiming they stole the idea for Assassin's Creed. Yep. The legal document cites a number of extracts from the book, including one saying, If John Wilkes Booth fathered a child after he assassinated Lincoln and we found a descendant to life today, we could place Booth at the scene and perhaps smell the gunpowder. Ancestral memories? As far back as you want. Included using technology to conduct memory experiments in spiritual and biblical tones with references made to Jesus, God, the Garden of Eden, and forbidden fruit. He's seeking damages now for each product released since Assassin's Creed was established in 2007. When did this book come out? It would have to be 2007. No, I don't want Legend of Zelda link. I just want the book link. Let's see. Music, TV, films. Where's the book? Right. Searching the internet for the word link. That's going to help. Let's see what his author's website... 2003 was when this book came out. So this book came out in 2003. Assassin's Creed came out in 2007. And he's waiting until 2012 to sue. Uh, right. He also wants to... Um, let's see. He wants no less than $1.5 million in damages, with the amount rising to $5.25 million. If the judge rules that Ubisoft willfully infringed on the copyright, it also requests that the judge prevent the release of Assassin's Creed 3. No. What? No. No. Bad John. Bad. No. He is evidently also a inventor. He's got a number of patents. Mm. Okay, so Ubisoft got sued. Um, Facebook got sued. For what? Why is everyone suing? Um, the parent of a teenager who claimed that minors are able to purchase Facebook credits for use in games on the social network, even though technically they need permit, uh, parental permission. Okay. So she's saying, hey, this is way too easy for my kid to buy virtual coins because coins, the kid is not, you know, 18. Uh-huh. So yeah, Facebook's getting sued about in-app purchases. Um, let's see, Apple's the thing we talked about last year when Apple got sued about in-app purchases. Oh, yeah, with the Smurf town? Yep. That one got approved by the court, so it's actually going to trial. Cool. So, yeah. At this point, what, Amazon also bumped up their in-app purchasing limit to, what, $20 or more? I couldn't tell you. Man, free-to-play is getting expensive now. Free-to-play was never free! It's not getting expensive. It's always been expensive. That was the point. Hey, my draw something is still free. I have four colors. (laughs) Just four colors. Four colors. I had computer monitors back when I was younger that had more colors than that. I also had some that had less. Yeah, I was about to say, I had computer monitors when I was a kid that had fewer than that. Green and black. Those are your choices. I had the orange. The orange and black. So here's an interesting idea. Okay. Uh, I, I believe, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Gillette, the, the person Gillette, who, who once said, give them the razor, sell them the blades. Yeah. Speaking of free-to-play, right? Yes. This was the model for razors for years. Someone has decided to slightly alter the model, and they have created the Dollar Shave Club. So this is a subscription-based service for razor blades. Hmm. So it's oh, so you get the you get the razor, and you can get a dollar a month for six blades. Six blades. Sorry, five cartridges of the twin blade, or six dollars a month for four cartridges of the four blade, or nine dollars a month for three cartridges of the six blade razor. Why do you need a six blade razor? Does the six blade razor have the trimmer on the back? I don't know. Why would you want a six-blade razor? I I don't know. Oh, I remember watching this video. This was actually kind of funny. They had like a bear and some weird Mexican lady. Okay. Let's see what does the... Yeah, so the the executive, which is the six blades, 
aloe, vitamin E, and lavender lubricating strip moisturizes and calms sensitive skin. Oh, it doesn't have the trimming blade on the back. That's too bad. Wide rubber guard bar with wave fins. Bring the hair up to shave deep. All right, so the question now becomes, how does this compare to buying in the store? It is cheaper. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, depending on shipping. True. It is potentially cheaper. You will love this razor, and your girlfriend can use it, too. No, thank you. <laughs> what? My razor is my Reliable. razor. Reliable. This is the 82 wagon that starts with the te- when the temp is below zero. <laughs> At the very least, they have a good sense of humor. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> Easy upgrade and downgrade. Change your blade with two clicks and receive it the next month. Hmm. The handle is still included free. God, it's... I, you see, I would probably go for the 4X. It's four, three cartridges a month. That's more than enough. Yeah, but nine bucks We're a month. We're not Columbia House. Nine bucks you don't need. No. Six bucks a month for three cartridges. Four cartridges, right? Yeah, six bucks a month for yeah. four cartridges. So yeah, it all depends on the shipping. Well, let's find out how much shipping is. <laughs> While Dave is doing that, I'm going to move on to another topic. Once I actually go back to our homepage. Anytime now, internet. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, mine's uh, taking a little bit too. Uh, MGM. Yeah. Has signed a deal with Hulu Plus and Google. Oh, MGM Movies on my YouTube? MGM Movies on your YouTube. Now they are not free. Oh. I know. Yeah, I, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to go watch Terminator right now. Three bucks. Damn it. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> I want my movies free. Yeah. Not from this source, but you can still... Oh, free shipping. Ah? Shipping free. That's surprising. That is very surprising, but it says shipping free. Oh, $6 a month, shipping and handling included. Ooh, that got much better right there. (laughs) Way to read the fine print, us. It's really bad when I have my credit card number memorized. Oh, I I know half of mine. Nope, I know the whole thing, and the three-digit security code, and the expiration date. So, okay, so speaking of cool things, Valve might have, or somebody working at Valve might have leaked the Valve employee handbook. Handbook given to new employees at Valve. Are we sure about this? Uh, They haven't gotten confirmation yet, so hence, you know, kind of keep it with a grain of salt, but a lot of it seems very Valve-ish. Have you gone through and read it yet? I'm about halfway through, like what's the corporate structure, what to work on, your first month, all this stuff. There's a lot of stuff about hiring and all this. What's kind of surprising is there's nothing about firing. So it's like, hey, this is what happens when you get hired, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't tell you anything about what happens if you get let go. If you get terminated. Speaking of Terminator. So be worth a read just to see. Granted, Valve is nothing like any other game company around, so it's not kind of an idea of what the game industry is like as a whole, but it's still kind of interested. <laughs> Parking garage elevators. Autonomous hostage-taking devices with a will of their own. Beware. Really? That's what it says okay. in the back. I'm going to have to start reading through some of this then. Let's see what else we got. Uh, journalism school adds video game coverage? Which yes. journalism? Oh, Iowa. Ooh, nice. Which, remember, is the state with the, like, America's video game capital. Yeah, well, the University of Iowa School of Journalism is actually one of the ones that's kind of up there. Is it? So said my journalism teacher. (laughs) And they would know they went there. Uh, They might have. I'm not sure. I I am (laughs) friends with her on Facebook. I probably, if I remember her name, could find out where she went. Okay. But anyway, I I thought it was kind of interesting, Andy. I thought you'd be really interested to hear about it and that this journalism school is now including video game writing as part of the curriculum. Oh, thank God. 
I just think of all my PR friends who have been doing this for some time and that they're going to have competition with people who have been to a video game writing school. I'm sorry, but nothing trumps experience. In this case, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things is, ooh, getting a diploma has shown you that you can get a diploma. Woohoo! I has diploma. Yep. Um, you can watch Cartoon Network anywhere you go now. What? Cartoon Network is live streaming their on-air stuff on CartoonNetwork.com and via Apple. There's an app for the uh, iOS devices. iOS devices, yes. Thank you. I was trying to think of how to describe all of them iOS devices. Yes. Cool. Granted, I don't really watch anything on Cartoon Network anymore. Yeah, well, a lot of it's really, really bad stuff. You know what? I want their freaking April Fool's joke to be real and have them bring back Toonami. <laughs> Toonami. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That was the thing to do. You go home, Toonami's on, it's like, it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Oh. I love the fact that they actually reviewed Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? Da, 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 da. Facebook getting sued, Ubisoft getting sued. Oh, the solar blimps worked? Or the, the wind blimps? Well, the, the wind blimp is working, actually. Uh, if you click the link, it takes you to a video, and you can see the blimp with the wind turbine being lifted up into the air. Well, not really lifted, just kind of lifting itself up into the air. And then the, the turbine is spinning, and it spins really, really fast. Well, that's because it's 350 feet up in the air. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> the higher the, the distance, the more wind you got. To a certain point. Well, yes, to a certain point. Then you get into space, and then you have right. no wind. Yeah, well, it's important to differentiate that. True, I'm just saying that there's a point where you're able to get up above everything else that's blocking the wind, and then you just go... Yep. Well, I can't believe somebody actually did it. They they built it, well, because they had tested the scale model, and it worked, and so now they tested the full model, and it's evidently working quite well. Well, props to them. No kidding. Yay, cheap wind power. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do as soon as I get my own house is um, wind and solar power. I want the frickin' consumer energy to pay me so that I have a credit on my account of when I actually have to turn on the air conditioner in the summer. Damn it. What? I was hoping that there'd be a cute little Easter egg in the handbook, and there wasn't. Aww. At least not the one I was looking for. There is a page three. <laughs> All right. Um, there is a Gmail meter now. Yes. You can get your Gmail to study your Gmail and send you an email about how you're using Gmail. Okay. I.e., it keeps track of how many conversations you had, how many emails received, how many emails were sent, how many you replied to, your traffic, where you're getting your traffic from. There's a, it's, it, it's basically like Google Analytics for your email box. Kind of cool. Not sure what use it would be. <laughs> Well, I've been trying to keep my email box under control, by i.e. by taking everything out of my inbox and putting it into folders with labels, well, quote-unquote folders, with labels and everything, but yet I still have 601 unread emails that are currently not listed in one of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I've got 23 labels so far, and it looks like I'm going to need more. So I might actually turn this on just to see what's causing issues. And the FCC has fined Google. Or... Um, you remember that whole thing with the Google Street View and the Wi-Fi networks and all that? Yeah. Um, they, the FCC wanted to um, figure out whether they violated wiretapping laws by doing this, except Google deliberately impeded and delayed the agency's investigation of the case, so the FCC fined them. The Ooh. fine? Take a guess how much it was. Do not know. $25,000. That's not a lot. No. That's not a lot at all. No. That's probably the cost of not even one of the Toyota Priuses Google bought to turn into one of the Google cars. Yeah, that, that is not all, a lot. No, that, oh, jeez. 
The, the, oh goodness! This is the whole thing with the fines. The FCC is all the stuff is so out of whack. Accidentally dropping the f bomb could cause you millions of damages. Yet releasing Wi-Fi information, delaying their investigation will find you twenty five thousand dollars. That's oh, all right. Random review. Yes. Um, it's it's a it's not a new game. It actually came out a while ago. Driver San Francisco. Now I was a fan of the Driver series until Driver Three came out, and oh my god, how bad that was! Oh, how bad that was! Oh. So I was a little weary when this one came out, which is why I waited until it was. Uh, well, actually, I got it through the blockbuster. But right now, it's only um twenty five dollars at GameStop used. Uh, thirty dollars new if you want to buy it new, which. Um, the new game will actually get you the online access because it's one of those, hey, you need to put this code in to play multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So, especially since the single player game is um, not a lot there. I am mostly done with the single player experience and I've only been playing this for about six hours. That's not a long time. No, no, it's not. Six hour single player experience? Yeah. Now, it's an arcade driving game. So if you're not a driver fan, like i.e. racing games, you're probably not going to like this. If you're more of the Gran Turismo Forza driving, you're probably not going to like this. But if you're if the kind of like the Burnout Smash sort of series, this might be interesting, especially since um, there's a key feature of the game which allows you to shift out of the car that you're driving. And into another car. Into another car, i.e. Um, if you're in a race and you're getting beat by the computer, you could shift into a semi-truck farther down the road. And slam into the computer. Yes. Why can't you shift into the computer and drive them off the road? You can't because they're in control of that. That's the thing is there are certain cars you can't shift into, i.e. the computer-controlled cars. But, but Like the, the car that you're racing against, you can't shift into them and slam them into a wall. That doesn't work that way. But, but any- why not? <laughs> It's just part of the rules. Okay. But any other car on the road, you can... It was fair game. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, remember the, the chase scene on the freeway with the Matrix 2? Yes. It's kind of like that. Where? Wait, what Matrix 2? You're right. I'm sorry to spoil this day, but there was a sequel with the Matrix, and then we're on a freeway, and it was kind of like Driver San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Try to put that in Threw Andy back. off. Okay. Yes. Sorry. So it does have its moment of brilliance of IE taking semi trucks and slamming, slamming them to yeah. other cars. But like I said, uh, it's over very quickly. Yes. The story is extremely short. It's a, it's got some twists and turns which are very exciting, but it's also very short. Like I finished the actual story missions after about 4 hours and I've and just been cleaning hours of like puzzles and yeah the the other secondary things i.e. like there's some races where you have to you can you have to score points by doing tricks i.e. jumping drifts that sort of stuff there's also a really fun one which is kind of like a defend the base mode where you have an armored truck parked in the middle of an intersection and you have other cars driving in to try and hit the armored truck and so you have to actually like hop from car to car and stop them from trying to get to the truck hmm. it's a little bit on the easy side especially the later ones but still it's kind of fun just you know thinking oh my gosh these people are driving towards this armored van and all of a sudden this car next to them slams into them takes them out it's it's good in small bits i would would i buy it mm, probably not no but a good but, rental yes that's what i said it, it's an easy rental you could finish it if you had the whole weekend you could probably finish it in a day like if you had you got up in the morning now here's the real question how much of the achievements are for online stuff Oh, I actually just had this up. Why did I close that window? Um, About half? A little less than half. 
But so still a majority... 400, 500, 600 easy Microsoft points? Yes. Okay. Not Microsoft points, achievement points. Yes. It would be nice if they gave you Microsoft points. Let's see. Give me two seconds. I can tell you exactly how many it is. I don't think we need the exact amount. Um, okay, there are 700 gamer uh, achievement points offline, 300 online achievement points. Okay. And other than about... 30, there's about 30 points that are going to be pretty hard to get single player, but everything else is pretty easy. Easy. Yeah, but there's... So, about, so, so game. Yeah. Decent rental, not a decent purchase. Especially okay. because the multiplayer you're not going to get with the rental, and do you really want to spend $30 for... It's not a good enough single player game to warrant buying it new so you can play online. Okay. So... So then, with that out of the way, we do have the random topic. Uh, this was a weird one. Yes, it was. As far as our random topics tend to go, this one, I think, qualifies pretty close to the top. All right. The random topic is, let me just read this. If Andy could catnap one of Dave's cats, which one would he grab? Now, um, first off, I am not a cat person, so I don't think I would really want to catnap one of Dave's cats. And the second point is, Dave... I don't have any cats. (laughs) So I'm really not sure where this one's coming from. I don't know either. I just take the list of random topics people give me. I throw them in our big list, and then they just randomly come up. And this one makes no sense. Like, my cats are the internet. That's where I get my cats. Oh, somebody finally pointed me up. All right, Dave, go to Imager. Oh, why am I going to Imager? Don't Image- send me... Please don't send me to Imager. Imager I, slash... I lost six hours of my weekend last week because of Imager. I'm just saying the Imager slash R slash aw, A-W-W. Don't send me to Imager. Oh. Exactly. That's... <laughs> oh. Andy! I know. Oh. It, it makes you go, oh. Look at all the cute little puppies. Oh, God. Oh, the, the, the little deer! It's a little fawn! And Babe. it barely comes up to this woman's knees. <laughs> baby uh, dogs, baby... Tiger. Is that a baby manatee? Oh. Oh. There's a bulldog with a butterfly on his nose. This is not good, Andy. <laughs> this is really not good. Baby <sighs> eagle. This, if, if you're ever feeling down, just go here and just start browsing because you'll just go... Look at all the baby All the baby animals. A fox. Dog in a business suit. Oh. So cute. Sleeping on each other. Why did you do this to me? (laughs) I don't know. Remember, Dave, you can close the window at any time. They will still be there. (laughs) I like this guy who was getting down to photograph a penguin, and a penguin jumped up on top of him. So there you go. A random topic has nothing to do with cats other than these. there are some adorable cats in here. So yeah, if Dave had cats, I would not catnap them because that would be mean and disrespectful for Dave's cats. They would yep. probably freak out and claw me. Yep. A lot of hissing. Like... Trying to play with the dog's tongue. <laughs> it's a kitten trying to play with a dog's tongue. <laughs> So yeah, that's <laughs> that's completely random. But so is Why this Why would you do this? In case you're ever feeling down and you need a break from the world. Oh god, it's a baby polar bear. <laughs> it's adorable. There you go, Dave. 
damn it, Andy. Sorry, I think we're done now. Because yeah. now Dave's distracted by I'm, I'm gone. I'm so gone. Alright, talk to you later, Dave. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>